Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Today, we have with us Anita Marr. She's a registered trademark agent and the founder of Trademark Angel. Anita, how are you today? Oh, hi. Hi, Queen. I'm uh, I'm great today. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. It's a pleasure having you here, Anita. Yeah, yeah. Likewise. Uh, yeah, it's almost New Year, so I guess you're looking forward to the New Year celebration. Definitely, yes. So you are... Uh, one of the biggest trademark experts that I know. And um, one of the things that most people probably don't know is when should they trademark their business? Mm-hmm. What, uh, when they're starting out, is it too early? Is there a way to tell when they should do it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good question. And uh, well, there is a simple answer as soon as possible. Uh, there is like a longer answer. But generally speaking, um, business owners should file um, for trademark registration as soon as possible. Uh, and they should develop the strategy to protect their trademarks. Uh, what we have learned is that many businesses adopt the wrong strategy of deciding to see how the business goes and like how many sales they have. And as a result, they lose time. And by the time they decide to trademark their brand, a few years later, somebody else already did. Mm. Um, you see, there is no legal requirement for you to file a trademark, but it makes sense to do that. Uh, and so you do want to trademark your brand uh, as soon as you realize that your brand is valuable and that you don't want to lose it to somebody else. So many people spend time developing uh, their logos, uh, the like yes. marketing strategy, they buy the domain name, they set up the LLC, uh, they spend money on like packaging, like selecting the product, and then they completely neglect, uh, you know, registering their trademark. And to me, it's really wrong. So um, you should really do it as soon as possible. I mean, to me, it's it's like uh, it's like insurance. Really, if your house, if you have insurance, your house doesn't burn down. You're not upset. You're okay with that. But if it does burn down and you don't have insurance, it, it's too late to get it. Uh, so registering your trademark is one of the most cost-effective and practical ways to to protect your brand. So if you if you if you wait to register, you're not really gaining anything, but you're risking your brand. Uh, it's if somebody else decides to register your trademark, brand is the same as trademark. So it will be much more difficult for you to prove your rights. So yeah, that's a little bit longer answer yeah. um, to that question. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I actually loved something that you said uh, about uh, insurance and if your house burns down, because mm-hmm. I'm the person that for years, uh, I guess everybody hates paying for insurance, right? Mm-hmm. The, yes. benefit, the benefits are good, but paying for it feels like such a waste. And for years, I felt that way. And t- in 2016, I was living in the place in Canada that was the biggest natural fire in the history or whatever in 2016 mm-hmm. and the entire city uh, was burning and it was shut down. So for 45 days, nobody was allowed back in the entire city, the mm-hmm. city. Um, and when I came back 40, so for 45 days, I didn't have a, a home to stay. So I had to stay in hotels and stuff. 
And I, that having that insurance, that time it felt so good that you could get paid something, right? That there's yeah. things that the people that lost their homes, mine was still there. So I didn't lose any of the contents, right? There was mm-hmm, course, mm-hmm. some damages and stuff, but it's, uh, that's a great, a great thing to, to think of in comparing the trademark to a, a burning house or something because well because it does it does feel like okay i trademarked my brand and nothing happened so i must have wasted the money uh but if if suddenly you find oh look there is this competitor with a really similar name like what do i do and how do i stop him i mean this is when you remember oh i trademarked my brand so i can send a system assist letter i mean there are like all these other things you can do uh so yeah I, I just find it very similar because when you yeah when you pay for insurance you just yeah it does seem like a waste and you mm-hmm. like almost regret that you got it i mean that's that's how i feel anyway it's like such a waste of money but yes if something does feel if something does happen this is when you, you you're, you're happy that you you got it yes definitely i i can imagine if somebody starts using your your brand name or any of your intellectual property and you you don't have it protected, you must feel so helpless, right? You, you can't do anything just watching that other person take the benefits. Uh, it must be a terrible sensation or feeling huh? I wouldn't want. Yeah, and this is when uh, like many of our clients come to us like, okay, I, I, somebody is using my trademark. Like, what do I do? How do I stop them? Can I, like, what can I do? I need to send them a cease and desist letter. Like on what basis are you going to send them a cease and desist letter? Because it's your word against theirs. They're using uh, a trademark and you're using the same trademark. You are both using the same trademark. Like uh, why should they stop to use the same trademark uh, if you send them the cease and desist letter? Because it all comes to like proving uh, like who has prior rights. Uh, and usually that's only that can be proved in court. So uh, it's, it's too late to trademark then, uh, mm-hmm. especially if that other... Uh, competitor filed for, for your trademark, then it becomes really difficult. So yeah, usually it's best to try to file uh, for your trademark as soon as you can, or as soon as you have the funds. Yes, I do realize that sometimes there are other priorities and people really don't have the money. Um, but I mean, when you open the business, you should have like at least uh, some money for like the essential things. And to me, that's that's really essential. Yes. I mean, even the trademark is protectable, right? I mean, if it's registrable, of course. And now you reminded me of something that happened recently now here in 20, 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Facebook name changed to Meta, and then mm-hmm. somebody had the trademark mm-hmm. of the name Meta. Mm-hmm. One of the things I saw on social media that it was so sad was people siding with Facebook because, and I, I read some comments that they said, well, this company never used the name. They didn't do anything. They didn't have a website. And I was thinking, what does that matter? If they own the name, they own it. It doesn't matter if they did anything with it or not, right? If I can buy a car like I did, park it in the garage and never drive it, it's still mine, correct? Is is that? Well, yeah. So here, um, so when you register a trademark uh yes you 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 have the trademark you you own the uh either the phrase or the logo uh for your particular products that are listed in your trademark registration uh but you have to use the trademark so for example if you trademarked i don't know abc for clothing you should be selling clothing under this trademark 
Uh, if you don't sell uh, products under your trademark, somebody else might try and cancel your trademark for non-use. Mm. But if you do use your uh, trademark for your products, so you have a valid trademark, uh, any other company that's interested in your name may offer to buy it from you. And then you can sell the trademark. I mean, because it's uh, property, right? Yep. It's uh, uh, intangible assets. So you can sell uh, the assets of your company to somebody else. And it's, uh, it's a perfectly legal way to do. And that's uh, what many big companies do when they want to get something that doesn't belong to them and they really want it. Uh, you simply offer, you know, um, a certain amount of money, and uh, you 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 give an offer that cannot be resisted, pretty much, um, and um, that's what happens. But if there is no use, so if you register the trademark and then you simply abandoned it, so you close your business, uh, then you lost the trademark rights, and the trademark will remain valid until somebody challenges it. Mm-hmm. But then when time comes to renew the trademark, you won't be able to renew it. I mean, if we're talking about the U.S., because you have not used it. So it will be, uh, you will not be able to renew the trademark. So this is when it will just lapse. It will just become uh, inactive. Got it. How many years is it now? So uh, every 10 years you have to renew. Yeah. It's pretty much the same in all countries. And in some countries, like the U.S., you have to prove that you still use your trademark. So if you cannot prove that, you cannot renew your trademark. And if you are still interested in your trademark name, for like whatever reason, uh, you should simply refile it before the your previous trademark expires. I mean, if it was completely abandoned and you cannot renew it. Got it. So Anita, there's um, I, I have a few trademarks of my own, and but I still know nothing about trademarks. And recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out, so one of the brands, it was growing internationally, and I always knew that each pat or each trademark will only mm-hmm. protect, so the Canadian one will only protect me in Canada, the mm-hmm. U.S., and uh, will protect in the U.S., and recently I found out that if you do one in the EU, all EU countries are, you are protected under the same, so it's one trademark will protect, I think, 27 countries? Yes, yeah, 27 member states. Uh, pretty much when you file an EU trademark, uh, you get protection uh, in all uh, European Union uh, countries. I mean, UK is no longer a member, uh, but all other 27 countries are members like, uh, you know, France and Poland and Italy and Spain and Germany. So nice. they're all uh, members. But yeah, it's pretty much a single trademark application. Nice. That's a, that's a good benefit, right? Get one trademark and you cover 27 countries immediately. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, I do. Yeah, we do file a lot in the EU uh, because many of our clients sell in the EU or sell on uh, uh, like on one of the Amazon marketplaces uh, in the EU. And it's it's quite it's quite a quick process. It's only about four to five months compared to 14 months in the US wow. and to three and a half years in Canada, for example. So it's uh, well, it's very quick and it's it's relatively simple. Uh, but there are quite a lot of uh, oppositions that happen in the EU compared to the US, for example, or to Canada. Uh, and by oppositions, I mean uh, if a third party decides to uh, object to registration of your trademark. Mm-hmm. So about five percent of all trademarks uh, in the EU receive an opposition, like compared to. Two and a half, three percent in the EU, in the US, and Canada. So it's uh, the position rate is higher uh, because there are so many countries involved. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, you mentioned Amazon, and I'm guessing now um, for the last um, 
probably four or five years since brand registry 2.0 came out, Amazon uh, business owners are probably your number one customer. Uh, yeah, it? yes, no, that's right. Uh, yes, we work primarily, well, I don't want to say that they're our only clients, but yes, we work primarily with Amazon sellers. Uh, I would say maybe like 70% of our clients sell on Amazon. Uh, yeah, so we do know like quite a bit about how Amazon operates. I think by now I'm an expert myself, but I don't sell on Amazon myself. Oh, I just man. think there is, a, there is a conflict because, you know, our clients share some, you know, confidential information with us like what, what products they sell and sometimes you know that information can can be used uh, in, in in the wrong way so I, I i don't sell like i don't sell on amazon and none of our team you know sells on amazon but i mean i think i could sell if i wanted to but just i will not yeah. do that yes well i i would i wouldn't have a problem i'm i'm just thinking that some people overthink the, the competition right mm-hmm. just because uh, if you know my products, as a trademark officer, you know you you wouldn't copy exactly the same brand. You would make things different. So, oh yeah, yeah. There's space. There's still space for everybody. I I have no doubts of that. But there, you're right. A lot of people would think that you are taking advantage of that, and it's probably best to stay neutral, right? Be, yeah, plus I do I do see how it's uh, how selling on Amazon has become more difficult than it was like for example four years ago and even two years ago. Uh, so to me, it, it seems like you really need to put a lot of effort to sell on Amazon. So you need a lot of time uh, to succeed. I mean, it can be done for sure, but you do need to spend a lot of time and do proper research. And you mentioned Canada taking three and a half years now to get. Mm-hmm. So luckily, the Amazon sellers right now, they don't need the trademark itself, right? They need the registration number to get brand registry. But if somebody's actually waiting three and a half years for protection, uh, a lot of companies don't last that long. Yes, that's what we noticed. So the trademarks that we filed, uh, I mean, so so the company has been set up, like my company, for four and a half years. So the trademarks that we filed, I don't know, two and a half years ago, and now it's time, it's finally time to pay the final registration fee. <laughs> Many of them are no longer in business or just lost interest or moved on or, you know, something mm-hmm. else happened. It's it's pretty sad that it's uh, it's been taking so long, unfortunately. And I think COVID didn't help to make the process faster, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe with time, I mean, they need to do something about the timeline because it's just ridiculously long. It's about 42 months now. And do you know why? Why that's happening or no? Ah, uh, well, it's a good question. I mean, I think they don't have enough uh, qualified examiners. Uh, like for whatever reason, they can hire more. Um, I don't know. I think it's just bureaucracy. I mean, I, I mean, I, obviously, the trademarks office in Canada doesn't see the problem with the timeline. Well, yeah, they're, I think they're not. They, they think it's normal to wait so long um, to get the trademark. I mean, to me, it's not. It's not normal. You can't. You, you shouldn't be waiting for three and a half years. They're, they're not Canada, the ones waiting. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's not their business that's suffering. I mean, in many uh, other countries, well, actually, in all countries where we file, it takes less time. Like, uh, you know, Mexico, Brazil, India, China. Uh, it doesn't take that long. Why, why does it take so long in Canada? I don't know. And definitely European countries are very efficient. Like in Germany, you can get a trademark registered in two weeks. Usually it takes up to three months, but if there is an accelerated examination. And how it works, you pay extra to the trademarks office. 
uh, and they register your trademark quicker because they put it in front of the line. Yes, you pay extra for the service. Uh, I mean, there is an option actually to expedite examination of the trademark in Canada and in the US with an extra fee, but you have to justify why you're asking for uh, expedited examination. Uh, and usually uh, the reason should be that, uh, for example, there is a competitor uh, and you're losing a lot of sales and you, you can prove that or you are actually suing somebody. So it's not just, OK, I need the trademark faster because I can't wait. So you have to prove. Um, so far, we haven't been successful in, in Canada to get uh, the expedited examination for that reason. In the US, it's a little bit easier, but in Canada, it does need to be like really, really serious reason. So I don't know what it has to be. Yes, and you know what, I'm in Canada. I'm in Alberta, Canada. Yeah, yeah, me too, I'm in Windsor. Oh, nice. So <laughs> we're, well, it, it would sound for, for people that are listening, it would sound that like we are close. But it's yeah, it's probably almost. many thousands of kilometers. <laughs> um, but um, in Canada, there's a way, for example, to rush your passport. So if you want a passport, you can get it in a month, or if you pay an extra fee, you can get a passport in four days. Uh, and I'm mm -hmm. surprised they they're not doing the same thing with uh, with trademarks. Well, I just think because they have they don't have enough people. Uh, to review uh, your trademarks quicker. I mean, that's the whole problem. They should just hire more people uh, and they should train them and then uh, it will take less time. I mean, I, I do hope it will happen. The question is when. I mean, just things don't happen very fast in Canada. Um, so it's, mm -hmm. it's really difficult to say. Plus, COVID didn't help. I mean, because it, it, it did take about two and a half years, about a year ago. Uh, but obviously, COVID didn't help. And now there are some delays because they're like trying to work uh, remotely and yeah. it did slow things down. Nice. nice but I mean, nice. they are obviously aware of the problem. So, uh, I mean, I, I do hope that eventually it will, the timeline will be shorter. I mean, in 2004, when I started, it did take six months. Really? Yeah. And everyone complained how long it took. Well, now no one is complaining anymore. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anita, you mentioned uh, China. Uh, what mm -hmm. are the benefits of getting a trademark in China? Yes, we do file uh, a lot in China. Uh, one of the benefits of filing in China is because it's the first to file country, unlike uh, the US and Canada, for example. So what it means, it means that uh, like in countries like the US or Canada, you have common law rights. So basically, if you use your trademark first, you can prove your rights even though it may not be easy. But in China, it's whoever filed the trademark first gets all the rights to the trademark name. And it's extremely difficult to challenge the trademark owner. The only reason uh, how a trademark can be challenged is if it was like a fraud. It was like fraudulently filed. Let's say it's like your ex-employee filed the trademark. Uh, other than that, you file your trademark first, you get all the rights. And why it's important to file in China uh, if you source your products from China, uh, if your competitor or your factory, what has happened like quite a lot recently, if yeah. your factory trademarks your own trademark in China, uh, they may register uh, the trademark registration with the customs agency. And then you may be prevented from exporting your own products under your trademark from China because it's been registered by another company. So it did happen uh, to, well, I, I don't want to say a lot of our clients, but it did happen a few times. 
that like our clients were prevented from exporting their own products from like shipping them out from China because uh, the competitor trademarked their their brand. And what has also happened is when um, our clients' competitors or factories where they source their products, they trademarked their own brand uh, and they approached our clients asking to buy the trademark from them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's not a very nice scheme and it's obviously it's just the way to make money for them. But it, it doesn't happen like a lot, but it, it, it's been happening more and more. So we do recommend to, to file a trademark in China if you source your products from China, just to make sure that you're not preventing from shipping your own products from China. Because if it happens, it can be, I mean, for one of our clients, it was a disaster. Uh, he had to switch to India. And nothing we could do uh, to get the trademark back because they wanted like a, a lot of money, like an, like an astronomical number. Wow, I I had a case like that with one of our clients, and luckily for mm-hmm. us, um, they wanted seven hundred bucks, seven hundred. Oh, yes, that's nothing. And I didn't know if at the time if they were being serious. Mm-hmm. We, we had to figure out, do they actually have it or is it just, you know, uh, just some other scam? Mm-hmm. And then we start thinking about it. You know what? The time it's going to take for all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no reason to fight it. Might as well just buy it from them for six, 700 bucks. That's like less than one day of sales. So yeah. they did it and it was legit. They had it and they sold it for 700 bucks. Wow, that's that's a really good offer. I don't know. They must have been uh, inexperienced, or maybe they filed an error and then discovered they just wanted to sell it back at a reasonable mm-hmm. amount. Um, yeah. But it, yeah. it wasn't even a big brand. That's why it surprised mm-hmm. me because the brand is fairly new. It was less than a year old. The brand, right? And it was selling only on Amazon, nowhere else. Uh, well, what what we did find is like some uh, trademark uh, that are filed in China. They filed. After the well, I guess some business owners they check the US register, they see newly filed trademarks and they file them in China, hoping that the owner will buy them back. And obviously, they do some research to see if the, the, if, the, if the owner sells on Amazon. So, usually, it's not filed blindly. Okay, let me file and see what happens. Uh, so, to me, it's just like, well, it's just a well, I don't want to call it a scam, but it's like it's a business scheme that's going on. Uh, and that, uh, I mean, we want our clients to be aware about. So it's just China is, um, it, it, it's notorious for that kind of, uh, yes, yeah, schemes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's why you should file in China if you source, source your products from China. I mean, it does sound really bad, but it's not really that bad. I mean, it doesn't happen a lot. But when it does happen, again, it, it, it can be a tragedy. Definitely. Now, Anita, one of the things that, I look for, for example, if mm-hmm. I want to start a new business, mm-hmm. first, I try to find out if the .com domain is available. I don't know if mm-hmm. other people do it the same way as me. Mm-hmm. I just find that if somebody already owns a .com, even if it's not trademarked, I feel like I'm going to be losing uh, by not having the main domain. So I try to you know, uh, change the name or something. But there's been cases where I found the domain is available. The mm-hmm. name I want is not trademarked in the U.S. or Canada, mm-hmm. but there is a trademark in another country. Mm-hmm. So from my research, I can still trademark 
in the U.S. something that has been trademarked in, uh, let's say, Egypt or uh, yeah, or any other country. Are there any uh, chances that that person can uh, fight your trademark in the U.S. if they don't have one? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So it all comes to uh, prior rights and common law rights. So if we're talking about U.S. and Canada. Uh, if they have exposure, so let's say in, in Canada, so let's say they do have some sales in Canada, even though they haven't filed a trademark, they may file an opposition based on that, based on the earlier rights. Mm -hmm. uh, and the opposition is usually filed during the trademark registration process. Uh, the chances are very low that it will happen because if they haven't trademarked their own brand in Canada, chances are very low they will even notice you and they will take any action and they will file an opposition. So it's almost negligible. Uh, but what we do recommend to do is to check uh, like uh, internet usage. So just to pretty much Google the trademark that uh, you have selected to see what comes up. Uh, check social media. Uh, and there is actually a great resource for that. So it's name check, it's name, and then yeah. chk.com. So you plug your uh, proposed trademark and you see who has Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, etc., And obviously the domain name. Uh, and if everything looks clear, it's it's, it's it's well it's safe to assume that uh, it's it's good I mean provided that the trademark office database didn't show any similar trademarks but if you're aware about a trademark in another country I mean the, the question is do you have a plan to go and, and sell in that country like for example uh, we trademarked uh, trademark angel in many countries but we didn't trademark our name in Africa for example because we have no plans uh, to go there there's just like a simple reason. Uh, and I'm talking about like uh, like uh, I'm not interested in Africa below like Morocco, Algeria, uh, like the North Africa. But we, we have no plan. So if there is a trademark in I don't know Eritrea uh, or Sudan. I don't care because um, we don't we don't plan to sell there. We don't plan to offer our services there. Mm -hmm. But if there is a trademark in Brazil, because we do offer trademark registration services in Brazil. Um, I wouldn't select the same trademark because it wouldn't be available in that country. So the question is, look at like where are you going to sell, who your customers are. Like, is it like English speaking countries or is it just like North America uh, or is it some other region? Uh, and check um, check to make sure that your trademark is available in all those countries. I mean, that's ideal. At least as of the filing date, um, make sure that it's available. I mean, you don't have to file in all those countries, uh, but at least you know that, okay, I made all the efforts I checked in all those countries and it looks clear. At least I'm not infringing on somebody else's trademark. Uh, if I go there, if I start selling, like, let's say in Brazil. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, the answer. But I mean, usually it's really difficult to pick a name that's available in all countries, especially if it's a one word or really descriptive name. It's It, it may be quite challenging. And I see there's some people that do trademarks of the image, like the trademark of their logo that has mm -hmm. the the words in it mm -hmm. and i often think uh, what does that protect them from besides having their logo stolen they have no rights to the name just by having the logo of the name correct well i mean that the the name is protected and uh the image is protected i mean when you file for combined mark like that it's a limitation it usually limits you to use that particular logo. So you can't uh, start using uh, just say, the image alone or the trademark name alone. 
so let's say you trademarked, I don't know, uh, Starbucks uh, well, with a lady, but then you decided that you're going to use Starbucks without the image. Uh, when it's time to renew your trademark, you can't prove that you actually used the trademark that you registered. So it's all about making sure that you're using the trademark that was registered. Uh, but going back to the Starbucks example, if somebody, so let's say you have Starbucks with a lady registered. If somebody wants to trademark, uh, I don't know, Starbucks, uh, they will have difficulties because the text element of your trademark is still protected. So it's still there, it's still protected. The trademarks office will not allow uh, somebody else to register a similar trademark name, even if it's without an image. Uh, and also the trademarks office may not allow to register somebody to register uh, a similar image. Uh, but this is when it's more complicated because uh, it, it's quite difficult to search for images. Uh, but for the trademark names, yes, it's still protected, but you have to use it together with a logo. That's the biggest limitation. And usually we advise our clients to file for the combined trademark when the word mark is not available or when it's really weak, when, when we find a similar trademark and we want to differentiate somehow. So this is when we recommend to file with an image. But if possible, it's best to file for the word mark because it gives you, you know, more flexibility how to use the trademark. Got it. And Anita, yes, overall, it is from the trademark. I do agree. Anita, do you know how many trademarks you have done over the years? Uh, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, because you see, I, I worked for um, other law firms before. I think all together. Um, so we filed just, uh, I would say last year we filed about actually counted. So we filed about 550 in Canada and about more than 600 in the US. I would say like 1500 per year. Wow. Uh, so about 6,000, uh, maybe 7,000 as Trademark Angel. And before that, yes, I filed many more because before I found a Trademark Angel, I was working for other law firms. I, I don't know, definitely more than 10,000. It's, it's hard to say, um, but yes, a lot. Just it must be too many. You, you know, it's fascinating is I, I imagine that if you're at home, if you're watching TV or if you open a magazine or read a newspaper, there's a good chances that you're going to find in there one of the brands that's a business that you trademark. Does that happen? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does happen. Actually, when I when I um, buy on Amazon, if I see our client's brand, I always buy that brand. Nice. <laughs> and I get really excited when I see that. Oh, that's our that's our client's trademark. It's uh, I get really excited when I see it. And I tell, of course, I tell our client, okay, I purchased this. It's really nice. And then usually those products are nice. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I like that because um, I, I was imagining one day uh, a few years ago, one of my private labels, mm -hmm. I saw it in somebody's house, a friend's house. Mm -hmm. Now, they didn't know it was my brand. They, mm -hmm. right? So they, they didn't even know that I sold the, those kinds of products. Mm -hmm. And I saw it at their house and I knew it, it was mine. Because it's private label product that yeah. only I sell. And that feeling, that feeling, it was so amazing. I'll, I'll never forget it. So that's why I was imagining you that you open you open a magazine, or if you look at Amazon, you're gonna see thousands of the 
brands that you registered or do you trademark for them? Uh, yeah, no, I do get very proud. I feel like, okay, that's my baby. That's our, I almost feel like it's my trademark. It's like I helped him or her to register. it. Yes, it's a good feeling. I mean, that's why I like uh, working in this industry because it's uh, it's positive. I mean, I know that, okay, we're, we're actually uh, doing something that helps people. So we're, we're making like a positive impact and we help clients. Uh, and it's it's also very interesting because, because you learn a lot of different things in, in different fields. Like we recently worked with a, with a client who wanted to sell NFTs. So it's like, you know, cryptocurrency yeah. thing that I had no idea that NFTs existed. So I had to like learn and read all about them. And uh, it was really interesting because, you know, it expands your horizon. It just makes you a more educated person. So to me, it's, uh, it's a really interesting field because you do learn a lot of uh, different things in different fields. And some things that we do learn are a little bit weird. Like, uh, who, who could imagine the NFTs? That yes, do? selling for millions. Exactly. That, that. I almost like when I talked to the client first, I, I almost laughed. He showed me those little thingies. Uh, and, and he said that he wanted to create the NFTs and sell them. And I'm like, okay, seriously? Uh, and he told me all about them. And then I actually, and, and he was like really excited about that. So, okay, I, I, I had to research that. And yes, he was right. Uh, just because I didn't know they existed doesn't mean that, uh, that those things are not valid and that some people won't buy them. I mean, okay, maybe I won't buy them, but many people, uh, they will buy them. And they will pay good money. And for them, it's like the status thing, right? Yeah, my first reaction was the same too. I'm like, Okay, you, you can have the NFTs, you can make NFTs, but why would anybody buy that? Right? People buy them apparently. I, I've, been proven, buy them. I've been proven wrong, yes. So yes, I mean I, I I probably am not at that stage where I would buy them. I'm not sure I will ever get to that stage. <laughs> um maybe uh I don't know. I mean it's beyond me to be honest. But yes, I can see how people will buy them. So Anita, before I let you go, I have one more question. And it's about something you mentioned was a mm -hmm. name check. And I mm -hmm. use name check as well. So I can mm -hmm. check all social media for if people are using a certain name or a certain phrase or something. And almost 90% of the times in all social media, there will be somebody using uh, one of those terms. It could be Twitter, it could be Facebook, mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, and I know this is probably a little bit more on the legal side, but... Mm -hmm. Is there any option if I have a trademark for, uh, I don't know, uh, Whistler Ski Hill, mm -hmm. if, if, uh, if I did have that, could mm -hmm. I potentially ask to get the Twitter handle uh, Whistler Ski Hill? I mean, if somebody else has it? Yes. Well, it's difficult. It's difficult uh, because they, may, uh, they were the first to get it. Mm -hmm. So I think the best way is to just offer to buy it. That's it. Yeah. I mean, usually it's uh, that's the easiest way. Uh, and I would try to find a name that's available because, I mean, the minute you want to buy it, I mean, usually it doesn't work unless you offer a lot of money. But it's really difficult to get it back, like, legally because they were the first one to uh, take it and they may not use it as a trademark. So it's just the, the Twitter name... Uh, it's just the handle. It's just the username. It's not used as a trademark. So you can't really legally uh, get it in an easy way. Yeah. And yeah. the same with the domain. Uh, it's really difficult to get it if, if the domain was purchased in good faith. Uh, 
but I mean, there is there is a procedure uh, how you can get the domain name, but it's 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 quite difficult to do. So ideally, it's best to find a, a domain name and social media that's available at the beginning rather than try to get it back because it can be really stressful. Yes, I, I did receive a letter once from, uh, uh, you know, the the UFC, the. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Zufa, that mm-hmm. I don't, know, I don't know if they still do, but at the time they owned the, the UFC. They mm-hmm. sent me a letter because of a domain that I had, mm-hmm. and um, they asked me for the domain. So all you know, all the legal stuff would end there, and I gave them the domain. <laughs> I just, I just transferred it to their, uh, to their account, and it ended mm-hmm. there. But. They asked, uh, I mean, it was it was not threatening or anything. They mm-hmm. asked for it and they said they considered it cyber squatting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gave it to them. So <laughs> that was the easy that that was the easy way out for, for both, I take it. Yeah, I mean, if you know how to approach the domain name holder, it's a good thing sometimes. I mean, the name is hidden, so it becomes more difficult. Yeah. So Anita. Now, for everybody that's listening, and most of the people listening are Amazon sellers or people that want to start selling on Amazon, if they want to reach out to you and find out more about you, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, just they can just go to trademarkangel.com and uh, we offer a free trademark search like for anyone interested in trademarking their brand and there is no obligation to buy. And we offer a free consultation as well. Uh, and we like we work with you. Uh, so if the name is not registrable, we tell you right away. You don't need to, you know, pay us anything to tell you that. And then we'll uh, we'll help you to find a new name. So we'll give you some ideas, some suggestions. But yeah, I think the easiest way is just go to trademarkangel.com, and then you can either uh, fill the free trademark search form or just contact us, or even you know talk to us on our website chat. Uh, and we usually have somebody from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time. Um, or call us 226-246-2979. But yes, as I said, we work primarily with Amazon sellers. So if you sell on Amazon, you're our client. There you go. So guys, I'll have the links on the show notes for you guys to check out. And one of the things that I liked about Anita's website is um, there are prices written on the website. So uh, you don't just go randomly. Like a lot of them that I saw, there is no pricing until... I hate that. Until you contact them, and then uh, there there could be added extras or and and this one has this, the prices written on the website. So uh, check it out. It's trademarkangel.com. And again, you'll have all of those on the show notes. And there is a ten percent discount to your listeners. There you go. So uh, how do they go about that? They just mentioned that they heard on uh, on my podcast. Yeah, they should they should mention the name of the podcast or mention your name. Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise, we won't know. There you go. So they have to be specific. Be specific. So when asking for a trademark anywhere in the world, right, Anita? Anywhere in the world, you can request a trademark and mention that you heard it on the QA Selling Online podcast, and then you'll get 10%. Imagine that. Anita, thank you so much for this. Uh, Thank you. I know your time is very valuable, and your information is top-notch. So thank you. Thank you, Quinn. It was great talking to you. Thank you, guys and girls. Thank you.